Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am the host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, the coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Today is Foundation Friday, number 10. Today we are going to talk about game day execution and just some tips, so some ideas, some things uh, to, to help improve uh, your game day prep and your game day execution. Um, going into game day and, and competition, and I tried to change the vernacular as I got older. Uh, instead of saying game day, I, I would just say competition. Hey, we got a competition on Friday night. A, to put the emph- uh, to put less emphasis on winning and losing, but B, knowing that, hey, we're, you know, because kids are, you know, it's a game, and they, and they try to treat that differently. We talked about competing every day in practice, and here's a competition we're going to do, you know, three on three, half of the quarter, whatever it may be, uh, but we just started calling it competitions um, just to just to change that, that way of thinking. But when you get to competition day, uh, the thing that you have to, to recognize uh, is, as the old saying goes, the hay is in the barn. And, and once you break that final huddle uh, the night before the competition, you've just got to be able to to say, hey, you know, they're as prepared as they're going to be, and now it's just time for us to, to go out and do it, all right? Uh, your confidence is going to be equal to your preparation. If you feel like you're prepared, that's what your confidence level is going to be like, all right? You need to go into your competition days with what we call Christmas-like excitement, that you're waking up on Christmas morning, and you're up, and you're tearing open those presents, and yes, I said Christmas morning, not Christmas Eve, just a personal preference, uh, but you know you're excited that there's butterflies, um, and and you know that it's as a coach you know that it's 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 time to measure ourselves. Are we ready to go? Are we uh, going to improve? Uh, will we improve here tonight? And that's the biggest thing that you have to emphasize to your team is it's not necessarily about the winning and the losing. It's about improving, just like every day in practice. All right, um, a routine. You as a coach need to have a routine that you're comfortable with, that you stick to. You need to emphasize to your players that they need to have some sort of routine, preferably a routine that they share as much as possible, that they're doing it together. Uh, Not so much a physical routine, but a mental routine, mentally knowing that they're going to be ready to play, that they're they're locked in, all right? Uh, To have that, as Matt Campbell calls it, an elite attention to detail, all right? Um, You need to prepare yourself uh, if things don't go right as a coach, uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to adjust? Uh, you have your plan A going into a competition. What's your plan B? What's your plan C? Now, if you're going to D, E, and F, you're probably in a lot of trouble, all right? Uh, but how do we control that? Um, probably the three biggest things that you can control going into a game, it, it, uh, the, the three biggest things that you can control as a coach is... Uh, your transition defense and preventing easy scores by your opponent, your rebounding and your rebounding philosophy, uh, and your turnovers and taking care of the basketball. All right. Uh, you're emphasizing dead ball turnovers over live ball turnovers. Take the five second call, take the 10 second call, take the travel call over a bad pass or rushing things or trying to, uh, to get sped up or things like that. Okay. When we talk about turnovers. All right. Um, when you get to the gym, when you're getting ready for the game here or the competition, excuse me, um, how are you going over your scouting report one final time? One of the things that I really liked from two or three years ago, uh, when Loyola of Chicago made it to the final four, uh, they took, uh, the big sheets of paper 
and they put it up on the locker room wall uh, so that their players could see it and they and they would just take it and they'd take markers and they'd write it up and they'd tape it up there so that it could be seen by their players in the locker room. And I thought that was a pretty good idea. Um, as they're getting ready. You're not even in there, but they can see all that stuff up there and they're hopefully absorbing that, all right? Um, I know when I was coaching, uh, I had a play sheet. I had offenses, defenses. Here's the, and within that, you know, we're going to run Utah 2. Uh, we're going to run Pride Flash. Uh, we're looking to run our red defense, whatever it may be. And those were even highlighted. One thing I would do differently um, is I would make sure that all of my coaches had that same exact sheet that I had so that they know what I'm thinking going into it and so that they're, you know, we can keep everybody on the same wavelength, all right? Um, when you get to halftime, a couple of halftime procedures. Uh, high school games, you have 10 minutes, all right? Um, what we did was we gave the kids a magic marker. We tried to give them about... Uh, two or three minutes. Okay, so clock goes off, 10 minutes. You got nine minutes. Uh, uh, by the time you get to the locker room, uh, a minute has elapsed. You give one of your kids uh, a marker, and they go in, and they've got about two more minutes uh, to talk amongst themselves, and they write up on the board, what are two things that we're doing well here tonight, and what are two things that we need to do better? All right. Um, and it forces them to think about those things. It forces them to write it down. It forces them to discuss and think the game while they're in the locker room, while you and your coaches are thinking about those things and talking about those things, all right? You go in the locker room and you um, then have about two or three minutes tops to talk about adjustments, talk about things that we need to do differently. You want to get in and out. You want to examine what the kids put up on the board. You want to talk about... Uh, you know, what you as coaches, and, and you'd be surprised how many times what the kids write on the board and what you and your coaches are talking about in the hallway while they're writing that on the board, how many times those are the exact same things or pretty doggone close to it, all right? So you talk about those adjustments. You try to get that done in two or three minutes. Try to, and it's difficult. I'll be the first one to admit it. It's difficult. Try to get back out onto the floor with about four minutes left on the game clock. So you could take about three minutes, and you are as active as you can be in those Three, three or four minutes uh, as the halftime clock starts to run out, okay? Um, so that's halftime procedures, all right? Uh, within the game, a couple of tips, a couple of things. Um, in high school ball, of course, we have the quarter play. Have a designated end of quarter play and a play that you can run against man or a play that you can run against most zones. Um, and we really went to that my... Uh, last year where, okay, at the end of the quarter, there's 20 seconds left. We've got the ball. Doesn't matter. This is the play where we're running. Multiple option play that we can run against man or zone, and we're going to start running this at 12 or 13 seconds, and we're going to look to get our shot up, and we're going to look to attack out of it, okay? Also, when you're in practices, uh, have at least one, and if you're if you're an advanced team, maybe two or three plays that you only run out of timeouts, games or, or plays that you, you've called timeout. There's four minutes left in the third quarter. The other team has called timeout. You've got the ball. Okay, we're going to run Miami, all right? And and we're, we only run Miami out of a timeout 
or a quarter break. We're not running that into the flow of the game. Obviously, if you think Miami's going to help you win a game, maybe that's a different situation, but you're not going to run Miami in the middle of the second quarter just to run it, okay? And that's something that you work on in practice with your team, all right? Just a couple of ideas there. If you win a game, if you win a competition, um, I think it's important that you handle uh, post games, and we're all guilty of it. I know I'm guilty of it, uh, handling post games. Either you know, most of the time you handle it really, really well. Uh, but there's times where you handle it poorly. You don't handle it as well as what you want. Uh, whether you win the game or you lose the game. All right. Uh, just some things about your post game. A first thing: keep it short. Uh, the less you can say. Uh, the best, especially if you're angry, especially if you're upset or emotional, you're frustrated, whatever it may be. Uh, one phrase, and I talked with this, I believe it was with Coach Showalter, was uh, if you're upset after a game, if you, you know you try to discipline yourself, just kind of come in and say, "Hey, I want to say a lot right now. I want to watch the tape. Um, you know, so I'm not going to say a lot about tonight's game right now. Um, let's let's get ready to move forward." You know, something along those lines. And maybe you talk about your schedule the next day or the next week or whenever whenever that is. Uh, but try to reserve that. Try to take that step away. And because you, you can you can never take those words back. And like I said, I know I'm guilty of it. I know I've had post games where, where I said things that I know I regretted afterwards. And that's something that just learned through experience. Um, but if you, you if you win a competition, you put it in the bank. Um, a win is a win is a win. And, uh, I think in a, in a, in a season, in a, you know, average team plays 25 games ish, let's say 20, 22 to 25, you get to flush one game a year where you just, you just walk into your kids and you say, okay, that's just forget it. Let's just, let's just move past it. Let's just, let's just move on from it. Uh, we're not going to beat a dead horse We're we're, you know, you just move on. Okay. Uh, whether it's a win, whether it's a loss. Now, you can only do that once. If you start flushing two, three, four games, then you're in trouble. Then you're in trouble, uh, folks. Um, you need to treat losses like wins, and you need to treat wins like losses. You need you can be much more critical after wins, and you need to be much more uh, positive and enthusiastic after losses, especially if you compound uh, some losses together. Uh I, I think that's vitally important. You know, those kids want to win. Uh, you need to show them how to win, and you need to be positive in those situations, all right? When you win, it's a little bit easier to be critical. It's a little bit more easy, uh, a little bit easier to be critical uh, after after winning a ball game. all right? Uh, the biggest thing that you need to come out with is you got to have the attitude that players uh win games and coaches lose games. And, and if you, if you, and when you lose a competition, um, you go back to your own drawing board. And the first thing you look at is yourself and what could I do better? And how could I do this better? Um, you know, were we ready to play? Did we practice enough? Were we ready to go against their zone? How did we handle their pressure? Um, did I make the right substitutions? You know, you can't, you can only beat yourself up for that too, you know, so much. If you if if the kids run set plays, let's say, and they get twenty layups and they miss nineteen of them, well, you know, you've you've led the horse to the water. It's up to them to drink it as well. So there's a fine balance there. But the first thing you you immediately look at is yourself, uh, and you give all the credit in the world to the players when when games are won. Um, you know, everybody, uh, you know, 
everybody loves it when when the team is winning. Uh, when when we, when we had good seasons going, you know, I would always say, hey, uh, I didn't make a shot. I didn't get a rebound. Um, I didn't get a defensive stop. That was all the kids doing that, and they're doing a terrific job. And and, and that was kind of a pet phrasing that I used uh, to to push the uh, the the good stuff back onto the players. And, and that was, that was really important. So, so game day execution, foundation Friday, number 10. Uh, hope you like it. Uh, if you have any questions, uh, email us at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, like it, uh, like our page on Twitter. We try to put daily stuff on the Twitter page, a pen and a napkin. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you're on iTunes or you're on SoundCloud, feel free to forward it, suggest it to your coaching uh, peers. Uh, you know, keep pushing this out here. Again, every day we keep growing just a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And that's what we want to do. We just want to help other coaches become better coaches. So again, my name is Marty Plum. This is a pen and a napkin podcast. Coaches, as always... Be sure to hone your craft one day.